0: the soul New York City living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I hope that everyone enjoys. Um, Sarah, do you want to say a quick bit like about you and and just, just to kind of introduce yourself to everybody?
1: Yeah. Um, so I'm Sarah. I'm originally from London. I've been in New York City for just over five years. Um, I'm a coach. Um, so excited to share that journey um, and get to know you all so super grateful. Um, I'm excited. Thank you, everyone.
0: I'm really excited and like grateful too, because I feel like the the stars just really aligned with us, like our journey and meeting each other just in general, like that story and then just like coming together. And I've always wanted a partner on the podcast and someone whose energy that I just felt like would just like grow together and just, just really connect and be in alignment with the podcast and then we had tea that one day and it just like clicked
1: exactly yeah and so and we'd always talked about it and it's always divine
0: ah. timing and I think yeah I'm just
1: super grateful I'm ex- so excited
0: yeah so let's jump into the podcast and uh yeah enjoy
1: enjoy Bye. try to apply the logic to it my mind can't compute it
0: i think that's the <laughs> point is that our minds has not you know i cannot remember her name but she said if you try to explain cell phones like 20 years ago or 50 yeah. years ago or whatever yeah. people wouldn't have even been able to conceive such a thing mm-hmm. you know? exactly. and, I, and it's the same thing because i think like the technology that we are like technology in general is advancing but also the technology of our mind like what our mind can if that is that even a thing like technology of the mind but like but it that's kind of what on yeah. like our mind is evolving in the same type of way
1: yeah but also the minute that I find that my mind can't make logical sense I find I shift into ego and just judge it totally I'm like, I'm like this sounds ridiculous and I want to be in a place of like okay let's not judge that it sounds ridiculous but so did the idea of me meditating five years ago
0: yeah exactly
1: that would have sounded ridiculous I'd be like no. Nope. so understanding the journey and like I say with complete openness to see where it triggers me and where I can explore why am I resisting this thought because it's not right. a negative thought it's not if someone's saying to channel within and find your divineness within why am I resisting
0: right like why would we resist something that is that it sounds
1: pretty beautiful
0: positive yeah
1: exactly because I don't understand it and so I'd really want to seek to understand it. I love that I'd love to explore it um because I thought the same about manifestation
0: yeah I think a lot of people thought the same about manifestation (laughs) because I remember when I started this podcast and they were like what is that like that yeah magic stuff or something yeah. and really it's not at all <laughs> it's yeah just, it's just like the minds working with this kind of surrender sort of quantum field sort of thing so it seems yeah. like magic I suppose but it's not well, it seems
1: to I think for me it was the I always had the logical mindset of if you put your mind to something, you can achieve it. And I think as a society, that's, you know, you work really hard, you achieve what you really want. Versus you don't have to live in such a resistance of burning yourself out to achieve the things that we're already worthy of achieving.
0: I see to me. Yes, exactly. And, and for me, I think manifesting things was, just the feeling of worthiness. I had to first deal with my feeling of being unworthy Mm -hmm. of things or feeling as though things were not attainable or available for me. Some things that were just the basics for many people were not available for me or someone like me. And so I had to kind of unlearn all of that. Yeah. And deal with like the shadow work and all of that, like facing what I felt and what my belief systems were about myself. And then I could start creating a life. And then also I had to understand that it was possible to create a life. But the other thing I had to also learn was you don't have to work so hard. You need focus, but focus doesn't equate to working hard. I feel like a lot of times when I found myself working very hard. It was because I was trying to push myself yes. somewhere that when I look back, I can see that I didn't belong, but I was trying to make it happen for myself. But I think that's the journey in the process because I, I thought if I need to get something done, I need to make it happen. And yeah. in like the squeaky wheel gets the oil or however that phrase goes, I felt that for me to make, get something in my life that I wanted, I had to consistently push for it, push for it, push for it. And it was very hard. You can still get results by pushing and pushing and pushing. But I think with manifestation, I had to come to this realization that my pushing for whatever it was I wanted was very ego-based. And I was not in a, a universal mind where things could come to me that were beyond my capacity of understanding what was available because to me, and I can use this to, I mean, it, a simple analogy would be a, a an analogy that motivates many is money. So money mm-hmm. is a big motivator for people, myself included, at least it used to be. And um, one of the things I realized, like you can, Push for in your mind what you think is. Let's say, in your mind, you think a hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money, which it is a lot of money, but it's all, um, it's all relative in terms of what you believe. It's just like so subjective. So, in my mind, I was pushing a hundred thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars, or whatever it wasn't that number, but I'm just saying I was pushing for a dollar amount that I felt I needed to make. And when I finally got that dollar amount, it was like you you sit in it for a while, but then you feel like you need more, and you keep pushing. And it's like you're it's like you're climbing stairs, but like a couple stairs at a time. When you could take a bigger I don't know, a bigger step and get there faster if you were not pushing so hard, like perhaps then like through manifestation is like the feeling of worthiness, the vibration is different the energy is different. Your connectivity and your synchronicity is different. And therefore opportunities, people, places, and things, the underworkings are all involved in bringing opportunities to you rather than always pushing and pushing, and pushing. When I was pushing and pushing and pushing, I did not, I excelled, but I didn't excel at the rate when I finally kind of let myself surrender. And then an opportunity just falls into your lap and but it's not an opportunity just necessarily out of nowhere there are things in the works so it's not like magic but it's a belief and understanding that there are other forces at work
1: yeah it's having the faith that there's other
0: forces helping you exactly the helping it's a help i gotta do it all on my own because that is very but that is that's how i thought I thought like, if something's going to happen, it's got to be me because it was always me that made things happen.
1: And you've got to work extra hard and you've got to compete. You've got to be mm-hmm. um, the one that's selected. Um, it's not enough. You've got to keep going. And it's a very narrow focus. At the time, it didn't feel narrow focused. No. <laughs> At the time, it was. It feels like the right thing. Yeah. This is what I'm going for. This is what I'm getting. Um but without realizing subconsciously, it's actually really limiting to your point, the hundred thousand.
0: Yeah. That's
1: what I'm going for that. And it's limited to that amount. What
0: if you knew, what if you knew that you could have Mm 500,000 or, or just, you know, 125, you know, just something like that. What if you would, you would choose the 125, you know, and, and but you don't even know that that's available to you because in your mind, you've got this ceiling of what's available and the universe is unlimited. Opportunity is unlimited. You know, the opportunities are out there and they're working their way to you. Yeah. But also at the same time, like the law of vibration is, you know, aligning with energy that is like your energy And I was aligning with other people who felt the same way, which led to a lot of crying in the shower when, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't want anyone, my roommates or anyone to know that I was crying. You know, I had, I guess, a lot of pride or I was just not comfortable crying around people, letting me, people see me weak, I guess, crying in the shower because I was dealing with a lot of competitive people and they weren't so nice.
1: Yeah. And it, but it's also for me, I don't know if it's the same for you, it was very conflicting because society is telling this is what I meant to be doing. This is the roadmap. And I'm being successful at this roadmap. But something within, I don't feel good. I do not feel connected. I feel really disconnected.
0: Yeah. Well, that's kind of where I'm at now (laughs) because I think I was so focused on achievement that I couldn't feel the disconnect that it wasn't aligned with, it was like, I kept two sides of myself. I kept the spiritual self mm. and then I kept the business self. I kept them separate.
1: Oh, and interesting.
0: So, and I could compartmentalize that. I, I don't think that's the best way to be, but I felt that no one could really understand that side of myself in my industry.
1: Yeah. Because like you say, it's so competitive.
0: Well, and also- It's very competitive and um, I just don't think that, I don't know. It's a lot of reputation. And I think that a lot of my ideas and my spirituality are, I've been, with the exception of this podcast, this has been my outlet and the Mm. the people that I've worked with over the years, coaching and, and doing workshops and things like that, like letting people in that way but i did not let people i i didn't let people in in my career because i didn't want them to know that part about me oh wow i never felt safe with those people it was so competitive they were not nice
1: have you has anyone seen that side of it are you starting to yeah. now you're aware of that separation
0: i think probably in 2020 is when everybody became more aware of my mm. spiritual side because during the shutdown, I was doing like breath work things on Instagram, like just doing these breath work videos and I was making them every day. And there were people that I worked with and at that time I had a lot of real estate agents following me. So a lot of the agents would get on their team and do this breath work. they would. They did. Yeah. And I, and actually, and in 2019 also in the like spring, I think 2019 was when it really changed because I started doing some workshops at real estate agents like Compass and Douglas Elliman. I did workshops with them and we did meditation. I brought my and we talked about abundance mindset for real estate agents, because I think that I felt that that was really important. Um, in the industry because of my experience with people being so competitive and not realizing that we don't have to treat each other this way.
1: Yeah. And what was the reaction? What was the response?
0: I was shocked. It was so well received. And and I think a lot of the people were relieved to see that someone was some other people their colleagues because this was in an they were it was like in their offices so their colleagues would join them
1: that's <laughs> you know, amazing we
0: were relieved to see that there were people like that maybe in their office
1: yeah well it's like you know when someone speaks up in a meeting and everyone's like yes yes yeah it's like that ripple effect
0: yeah I really actually enjoyed those a lot and yeah. those because COVID happened you know and then mm. it was And it was like, kind of just kind of changed everything. So I don't know if maybe I'll get back to that. We should back to it. We should do it. That would be amazing. (laughs) Workshops. I think that would be so fun.
1: I think it's, I think it's, um, so powerful and and the, I remember in the early times I didn't know how to breathe and I know we spoke about this before yeah. I, once I was like take a deep breath and I know a lot of people have a negative reaction to that but there's so much more to breath work and how to breathe to one calm yourself center yourself relax yourself like it's different yeah um and when you find one that works for you and then you find that moment like the present moment for just a minute yeah it's so powerful and it's like we were saying earlier it's the openness if people would just come with an open mind to it typically you get like a sprinkle of the present moment Um, and I think that's where the openness of people coming to workshops and having a dialogue to it
0: yeah absolutely and you know I that is I mean it's like that moment of touching bliss or something it's like you yeah you tap into it for a moment. And that moment is enough to make you want to come back to it. Yeah. Again, because it's a feeling of connectedness. And, you know, the more and more I've done meditations, like over the years, the more and more vivid they become. Like I, there's a point within the meditation where my eyes start kind of moving back and forth. And I start Going into things, you know, it's like, I've seen planets flying by, I've seen stars, you know, the one that I, I mean, I even researched online to try to find like, where is this place, but I saw, I was in a place, and there were some structures, it was a, it was an older place, like, um, it wasn't Egypt, but it was a, it was a, like an older community or something like that. And the the structures were carved into stone and they they curved up. They went oh, up wow. bottom and they curved up like this. And there were a couple windows inside them. And they were carved into the side of like a like a sandy stone mountain like some kind of sandstone or red rock or something. Yeah. And I was there and it was very, yeah, it was, it was very, it was the first time I had that kind of met, like that was my first experience with that. And it was shocking. And it was, I was, I was going through, like, I was doing a cleanse. So, you know, all kinds of stuff was coming out of me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: And I was doing hot yoga, you know, and I was I was doing Reiki on myself every day, and then I one day I just went into this meditation, and it was like, "Whoa, wow!" I don't know what that was. I don't know what time in history that was. You know, I I don't know if that was this planet. Like, I don't know what that was. If it
1: was like a past life,
0: you know, I thought thought perhaps a past life, um, because it was in it was like an ancient community, like an ancient city. It was, you know. But I've not seen anything like that. (laughs) So I have no idea what that was. And um, so I see things things like that. Yeah. See, It's like when you're about to faint. You know how when you faint or you get ready to faint, blotches and it Mm -hmm. starts to get dark? It's the reverse of that. When I start seeing things in my meditation, it's like blotchy and things come into color. It's like darkness with blotchiness coming into color And coming into more and more and sometimes it just blows my freaking mind because i'm like in the meditation and all of a sudden i start seeing things like last week it was like i saw what looked like saturn go by
1: (laughs) that's incredible
0: i have no idea i mean i don't know do you does this happen to you
1: yeah 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 and
0: and i but i think
1: exactly to our point earlier of being open. Had I listened to someone's, had I listened to you a few years ago, say that. Yeah. I would have been like, okay. Yeah. Like exactly. meditation is the perception is, yeah. You take a few deep breaths and you calm down.
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, that's a, that's kind of a side effect of meditation. Yeah. more There can be more to it. And I feel like the longer meditations, like the 15 to 20 minutes, that's like the sweet spot, like somewhere within that. When yeah. I, into those things but sometimes i'll just go right into like those things
1: yeah it depends on where my uh mind is at where my day has been to kind of really slow myself down right. and ease into it sometimes it could take me like a 30 minutes because i'm distracted I'm, i keep moving out of my alignment yeah. and bringing myself back but i notice that when i really focus on gratitude in my meditation when i bring the energy of like what am i grateful for and intentionally, then yes, it's super powerful and I'm able to go completely somewhere else where I'm like, what
0: was that? Yeah,
1: uh, Which is really surreal, but amazing I, at the same time.
0: It's very amazing. I remember actually, now that I think about this, I remember years ago, I was just trying to rest and close my eyes. And this was a reoccurring thing that would happen every time I closed my eyes it wasn't, I, I didn't even meditate then. So I don't know this mm-hmm. was. but let me just tell you what it was. <laughs> so I would close my eyes and I would just kind of lay there. And I swear to you, I would see an eye looking like opening up one eyeball, like close your eyes and just imagine of an eyeball with one eye, eyelid closed, opening up, just looking at you. <sighs> And I would see that, like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like I was looking at your eye right now and seeing that, but it was like a version of an eyeball, but it was like the colors. Like, this is something, I don't know. Do you, When I close my eyes, I start seeing colors and movement. Yeah. And this was something I really enjoyed as a child. Like I would close mm-hmm. my eyes and I'd see yeah. all the colors and movement. It was like, Oh, you know, it's pretty, whatever. And I think I was probably like 27 or 28. And I remember I was in Italy at the time and I had closed my eyes and I was just lying there. And then the eye opened up and, and I thought now I look back, I'm like, is it my third eye? But I wasn't spiritual. I wasn't anything. I was like, that's
1: interesting.
0: yeah, I wasn't, I don't know where that- do you see that but in your meditations, it happened, but it happens consistently it just started happening from then. So it happened. Like, I think back then it happened. You know, a couple times a week, for years, it would happen, like come and going, but it would it would go like on these little kind of tangents, like it would happen a few times a week. And that would go on for like, maybe a couple months, and it would go on, and it would come back and then we'll go what?
1: does it come back now
0: every now and again but now it's so another interesting. Thing. I've never oh. shared that well I think I shared it with my friends when I was in Italy I was like oh my god It was just weirdest thing just happened
1: <laughs> it's also so cool like but how did it make you feel or it was just um, a moment where you're like okay
0: it made me feel like what did I just see and did I just yeah. imagine I think it was more like, did I just imagine that? And then it, and then it happened a few more times and then it, and then it was a reoccurring thing. So it was like, I'm definitely not, I mean, I may be imagining that when I closed my eyes, but why am I imagining that? Exactly. Really more like, why am I seeing that? And then I thought, well, maybe there's some kind of weird, like mental mirror. And I'm like seeing my, I don't know. I, I've, I had no explanation for it back then. I think looking back on it now, I feel like, maybe it was like the beginning of my spiritual awakening. Maybe it was something mm. inside of me that wanted to be seen or be felt. Or I mean, I was actually going through quite a bit during that time. Uh, my, someone I was involved in a relationship for, I think we met when I was 21 and we were together right until my 28th birthday. We had a very big argument a week before my 28th birthday. And we spent my 28th birthday together. And then we had the big argument. And
1: then Mm -hmm.
0: it wasn't before my birthday. It was right after. And then three days later, he died of a brain aneurysm. And so it was a very difficult time for me. It was someone that I was in a relationship for so many years of my 20th years. And he was, he was 27. It happened. My birthday's October 1st, and it was on October 3rd. And it was just
1: Oh my god!
0: Yeah, it was really fucking terrible. It was really that's
1: bad. yeah.
0: So I think that that it was like that was going on. I was drinking a lot. I got on antidepressants at the time, and I was drinking even though I wasn't supposed to have an- you know with antidepressants.
1: Oh my god, I'm sorry. guys. Is- a
0: lot of like it was just a lot to deal with. I was very young, you know. That's very young to have something like that happen. Yeah. And the fact that we had this argument and we never got to make up, like, it was terrible. It was a big burden to carry around for a long time. That's so, hard. I, I worked with a hypnotherapist in 2014 yeah. or 20, 2015 and he helped me immensely with this, like creating like closure from that. Yeah, But I think it was like all that at that time was just a lot I
1: think it was and triggering those visions
0: I think so I think so I think it was triggering something within me to yeah. my my higher self maybe was trying to connect was trying to make contact because I didn't know about that like I didn't know that I didn't know what that was yeah yeah. yeah. understood that um oh God, that must have been would've...
1: also surreal at that time
0: yeah it was it was really it was hard for sure. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. There was a lot, a lot that came from that, but I really think that like looking back, perhaps it was my higher self, like trying to make the connection because I needed someone then I needed someone and, and oh my God. So just to tell you a little bit about what we got into an argument about, he had gone over to my best friend's house she invited him over or her apartment and he went over there and they supposedly just kissed and, and we got into a huge argument about it. So it was, we had broken up, but that, but we were like spending time together again. We spent Mm -hmm. my birthday together again. Then I found out about this that happened a week before. So it was like my best friend. I couldn't, I couldn't, like, I didn't have her. No process I could I was so upset with her you know it was like I mean there was a lot around that so it's like you know so
1: from the time of you uncovering to the time of his passing it was like a couple of weeks
0: no it was it was two days when I found out about it and then it was my birthday was on the first we spent my birthday together and then um it was like two days later or a day later I found out about the incident the week before uh-huh. and then and then he and the third so my birthday was on the first and then on the third that the night before the third which i think that was a friday the third the night before the the third was a was a thursday and we had been off and off on and off the phone like arguing all night and then it was like i gotta go to bed i have to i had class, like, cause I had gone back to, to college and um, he had to go to work. And I called and left a message for him saying, I hope you didn't go to work. I hope you took a sick day and you're resting today. And he did take a sick day. His brother came over and his brother was there with him at least because he like, was taking a nap and he woke up gasping for air from his nap and he and 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 a brain an aneurysm had exploded i guess is what happens in his head and so he died on the way to the hospital
1: oh my god that so emotional
0: yeah. it was really but then i got a call from um his sister-in-law telling me what happened and and i was I was just, I and mean, it was like a few hours later the next day, like in the morning the next day. So he died. I, I don't know. I think I have the days confused, but he had died. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He
0: died on the third. And I found out, oh, I didn't find out on the third. That's why I found out the next day. So I didn't oh, even know until the next day.
1: That is so traumatic.
0: Yeah. I don't really talk about that experience very much just because
1: <laughs> there's, a so lot. Traumatic. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's
0: quite a few yeah. like that in my history. So I don't really talk about a lot of that stuff anymore. Cause yeah. it, it, it had a lot of things happened so long ago, but when I had my like complete, like breakdown, dark night of the soul yeah. finally collapsed because it felt like it was my entire life was a dark night of the soul. But when it all collapsed on itself, I think that I did so much healing after that with all of that stuff that now I've just moved beyond it so much. It's not something I think about all the time because I used to think about those things all of the time. Yeah. I was reliving things. You know, I was living in the past and I had to live in the past because I had not healed any of it.
1: Yeah. I get that. Um, especially, what, but if you think about the time of the traumatic events, just that one time that you're talking about, and you're saying there's multiple. There's a few. Know, for, yeah. If if yeah, and and when there's traumas like that, you have to deal with that. Takes time to process, and if it's not processed, it compounds. Does yeah. Hence those dark nights of the soul.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. But it's so interesting that that eye visual.
0: I know, but I I'm- is it. the highest
1: self message
0: just like in this conversation that's what I really think it was I really think that
1: yeah
0: that's what it was that's the only explanation I have like of what that could be I think think our our soul our highest self is always trying to reach out to us I just don't yeah we like the technology we were talking about before in your brain (laughs) the brain or the mind technology like we can't hear it
1: yeah yeah we either can't hear it or it's like that whisper yeah that you think it's like it's like the whisper that eventually I feel for me the dark night of the soul it's like a scream, but it's not a scream as in a horrible scream. It's uh, I've been whispering to you for 20 something years. Yeah. Now I'm going to need you to take a seat.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's like when that happens. I don't know. I, I think for me, when, when it all kind of collapsed, like I remember that day when it was really impactful and when things started to change, like my trajectory started to change. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit, like keep moving, keeping moving in the same direction in that direction. But I think I just kind of reached a point where I just saw myself with eyes that knew there was more for me. And I finally just kind of saw that it was like, And again, I come back to the higher self. It was like my higher self gave me the eyes to see myself, what I had created for myself in that moment. And where you might feel shame, it wasn't shame, it was sorrow and love at the same time. It was like, I'm going to get emotional. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, I love you so much. And I still love you, even though all of this stuff has happened. And I want so much more for you. And I want you to feel what I feel and to know that there's more and that you have to break down like this. You have to see everything that you fucked up so far and where you really are. I'm gonna show you that. So then you can see the eyes of love, like through my eyes of love and see how we can do better than this yeah yeah
1: yeah like that like internal soulful hug that you cannot articulate with words yeah but know that okay I'm being looked after I'm I've got to trust a little bit more than like I cannot like what we say with your logical mind you cannot make sense of it how do you trust and give yourself love when actually I'm rooted in shame. Yeah.
0: Hatred about myself. I I disgust myself. I hate myself.
1: Yeah. I don't recognize myself. I don't even know who I am.
0: I don't know who I am. Yeah. I I'm alone. No one loves me. I don't even love myself. No one will Mm -hmm. ever love me. I have nothing to offer. Like these are the things that go through that went through my head. I've I used I remember thinking I have nothing to offer someone.
1: Yeah.
0: you know i'm not lovable i have nothing to offer i have you know at that time in my life you know i had debt i had ruined my credit i had um i was late paying my rent constantly <laughs> you know there were so many things about my life that you know this was quite a long time ago now but there were so many things about my life that could be shameful, and including my behavior, and just kind of what I believed about myself, and and shame from childhood, Yes. Yeah. that happened. You know, all of those things, just feeling responsible. So it's like all those things, and then you get this moment where your soul or your highest self is like. It's like I envision it like the most loving parent who it's I saw this movie. This is a this is a good one. Can't remember what it was, but it was so heartbreaking but so good and it had Steve Carell and um Timothy Chalamet in it. Mm-hmm. Is it it's an older movie. And his son, he was the father and Timothy Shalmay was the the son. And he had like a serious drug problem and he, they kept trying to help him. The The family kept trying to help him, letting him back in the home. And then he'd leave and he'd get back into drugs. And, you know, it was just like constant, constant heartbreak. Cause they just loved him so much. And he was such a sweet kid growing up. He was a, a sensitive child an artistic child. And, um, But they loved him so much and they kept taking him back every time. And I imagine, like, that was, that's the kind of love. I did not grow up with that kind of love from a parent. But when in that moment, that particular day that I remember, when everything started to feel different and change, it was that feeling. It was like, I love you so much. Let's just do better let's do better because I know we can do better and I know yeah. that you feel like you've been alone like if my higher self or my soul could talk to me it would be like and maybe this is the same for you Sarah but you feel like you've been alone this whole time you feel like no one loves you but I've always been here for you
1: yes oh my god yes
0: Yeah, and now you can finally feel me
1: yeah yeah exactly and not be not have that shame attached yeah. to it I always had subconsciously this like belief that there was something wrong with me
0: yeah
1: and I attached everything that you just said in terms of what outwardly would occur
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's because something was wrong with me it was yeah. that belief and everything that was happening was just feeding that belief and it's that loving moment of oh my god it's it's that loving moment of like there's nothing wrong with you yeah but as much as I could have said that to myself I didn't believe it but in that moment of like what feels like the world is ending yeah is a a stillness and a projection of love like there's nothing wrong with you and if you can only just believe that for a moment and trust me you're going to realize there was never anything wrong with you and then being able to move forward Love, like you say, of okay, what if that's true? What if there was never anything wrong with me? It is true, <laughs> yeah, it's true. But even to be able to say the what if when it's yeah, so, so when consciously it's totally like, you move that way, like it's not even I didn't even realize that that was a wound, I didn't even realize that was a belief. Mm. You just, I used to just that's who I was. There's just always something a bit wrong with me, it was always a bit different. It was always a bit annoying. It's just who I was.
0: What do you mean by annoying? I'm curious. (laughs) I used to always think that I was annoying. What do you mean?
1: Just annoying in general.
0: Like you had Um, or something? Like you were too needy or... Just probably too
1: much. Too loud. Too annoying. Like I used to like to be like goofy and play around. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's so sweet.
1: <laughs> I just used to find, I, it was probably not someone saying you're annoying, but it, clearly at some point in my life, there was this feeling of, I'm too much, I'm annoying. I think I had something to do with my parents.
0: Or a feeling of rejection, like you, yeah. you, your authentic self was not allowed. Yeah,
1: or you know, something happened at home and I'm like, it'd be my fault. It's because yeah. I'm annoying. Like you have to fill in the blanks. As a for me as a child, I had to fill it in. So if I couldn't logically have the emotional intelligence also to say, "Oh no, it's because two parents are fighting." Wouldn't it be great if we had be, as a child? <laughs> it would be. Oh no, they're fighting because I'm annoying. Yeah, um, I don't realize I'm doing that, and you'd get a reaction from your parents, and you think, "Oh, I've just annoyed them." So it is. I think subconsciously, I just programmed this in um, to my like literal whole being mm-hmm. um and then the more you I had mental health struggles the more I felt I was annoying <laughs> so it's just a
0: uh, it, well, cycle it, of course it is and that it thats it is that is it that is like this program that just constantly runs thinking that that you're annoying I I well the reason why I asked you to elaborate is because I too felt annoying oh um, really. Yeah. But I, I was, yeah, <laughs> I was, I, and I know I learned it when I was a child too, because I was number one, I was very tender. And so things used to make me cry very easily. I was, I was um highly sensitive child. So mm-hmm. clothing and, you know, I could feel everything too much, like touching my skin. It was too itchy. It was too this. I wore my clothes inside out often because mm-hmm. the seams itched too much. Um, but I was also tenderhearted because I'd see people in pain. It was just, I had a lot of empathy for a small child and I'd see people or animals in pain. And my grandmother lived in like a, the downtown part of Kansas city. And so there were a lot of homeless people. There were a lot of stray animals, yeah. there were a lot of dead birds and things that I would try to bury or help. And You know, sick dogs and sick cats and things like that, because it was, you know, it was just not a very good area at the time. Yeah. And homeless people. And I just felt so much responsibility for them for some reason as a child. And I'd cry and that would annoy my mom. Or I'd always moving. I was moving all the time, touching things. I love to touch things. I love to move around.
1: Exploring your kid.
0: (laughs) Constantly exploring. Jerry calls me Dora the Explorer. <laughs> it <so laughs> happens that my family is Mexican too, so <laughs> so I think Dora's Mexican or if she's Latin, but yeah, he calls me Dora the Explorer because like I love to explore. I also love to move my body a lot as a child, and my mother did not. It my mother was a nervous person, so it made her nervous, you know, and I like I needed to just sit there and be good. And it was like, my energy was crawling out of my skin. Yeah. So I, I always felt annoying too. But then in relationships, I always felt annoying because I, I talked, I talked a lot. I talk a lot about my thoughts. I talk about what I want to do. You yeah. Know? I, I like to hug. I like to like be close, you know, I like to be goofy and silly as well. And so it's really tough when you feel like you can't be your authentic self because you think it's annoying to people.
1: Yeah, it is. It's, <laughs> it's horrible. It's actually a horrible feeling. And wow. I think also that when I used to drink, I would be myself, Me if I'm too. honest. Yes. As then, everyone would care? love it.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, they totally loved it when you're drinking because they're drinking too. And they're like, wow ah. And I'm just like, this is who you actually really are.
1: Um, but some people would also find it annoying. So then I was like, and it was probably a little bit frustrating when I used to. Uh, but then I would equate that to be like, but this is just, I'm just having a great time. And again, I'm annoying. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, <laughs> just constant cycle. Um, but I think, and this is the point about the higher self, there's that piece of like deep down I knew when I was being just myself Mm -hmm. and then when someone would say you're being annoying the Uh shame and the reminder of like it was a prodding of a wound that I would like
0: blood over you yeah
1: so it was like you're and that's the shadow work piece of like how do I love my annoying self yeah I'm not going to be annoying to the people that love me being annoying (laughs)
0: Yeah. I think, you know what? I, I still feel sometimes that I'm annoying. Sometimes when I listen to myself or like, I'll listen to one of the podcasts or something and I'll hear myself talk and I'm like, Oh, like I'm annoying myself still... or something. Oh, really? no, but I think it's like that judgment doesn't necessarily go away. I mean, maybe it does, but I think that I understand it.
1: Yes, it, it's that's like, true. You know, because no, like, I found myself feeling like I'm annoying people. Yeah, that's true. But you, but you don't react, retract.
0: I don't feel it's just, like I know what I'm doing to myself. I know that I'm judging myself and I know that, you know, I don't really feel this way, but there's some old part of me that is speaking up, that is judging myself. And that's the way that I actually look at it. And perhaps... You know, I can only speak from my experience and perhaps there are people that have completely evolved beyond that, like that internal critic. I have not, but I know what the internal critic is. I know whose voice that is. It's not, it's not my soul's voice. It's an old voice that is trying to keep me from not being loved. Right. Because annoying. Yeah. They're not loving you.
1: (laughs) Whoever. I'm very... You know. yeah, I'm very aware of it now in yeah. terms of I can like my thoughts and feelings and emotions is almost like slowed down mm-hmm. that I'm looking at it from a different like and being objective. Yes. so I don't attach shame to feeling enough because we're human beings. sometimes yeah. people are just having a bad day and then someone I spring up being like, hey, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh. yeah, okay, I get why that would be annoying. But wow. as a human being, I can understand that that's not attached to me. It's someone's having a bad day and I didn't read the situation and I apologize. Like, but I'm moving with positive intention. I'm moving with kindness. I didn't, I'm never intentionally trying to annoy someone. You know, I might, if I try to scare you and like be goofy like that, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm not intentionally trying to annoy. And I've, I can apologize and be like, you are not annoying someone's been annoyed by something you did
0: oh I think that's the key it's like yes you are not it's an action you are not necessarily I I know we hear all the time like you are your actions but I don't necessarily 100% agree with that because I think that our actions can be a response to our program
1: yes and someone can articulate you can say to me you're being annoying yes I'm being annoying to you Mm mm-hmm But if I don't fully understand what I'm doing to annoy you, if you don't state that, I might be, I mean, some people, are. you you could be visually aware that if you're being really loud and you're talking to me while I'm on the phone, that's annoying. But it's the action that I'm doing. If I stop doing that and you set that boundary, okay, I get that. But me as a core human being that you find annoying, maybe I'm just not your person to be around.
0: Well, that, and also maybe someone else would not find that annoying. That's true. Maybe the person standing next to that person may not find it annoying. You know, it's very subjective. Like exactly. No, and you are not someone's subjective opinion. Yeah, I think that's the that's a really good point touched on. Is just that you may act in someone's opinion act a certain way, but you are not that.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Especially if I know I'm moving with intentional love and
0: kindness. Exactly. And I think if you know that you're moving with intentional love and kindness, and you're an observer of your life and your thoughts, then you can catch yourself if you are shaming yourself or judging yourself. And then you can bring yourself back to. Like, oh, I know where this, I know where this voice came from. I know yeah. where, you know. Speaking of of shame and judging, I, you know, I think we talked about this before. And I mentioned it on the podcast, I think last time, the last one I recorded alone. Um, about these like getting annoyed on the way to work. Oh yeah. It's um it is a challenge living in New York. Like it's probably a challenge everywhere because i am trying so hard to drop this program of judging because i know when i judge someone else i'm also judging myself and yeah and i'm very aware when i'm doing it and i stop myself i i talk to myself like inside of my head obviously not on the subway (laughs) (laughs) although i fit
1: right in (laughs) yes yeah no I find myself doing the exact same thing and it depends if it's if it happens within the span of a few minutes like everything is triggering me yes I'm like okay Sarah are you good <laughs> the same way I would say to someone else like if I was with you and you kept and we were at dinner or having a coffee and you keep huffing Yeah, And you keep touching every little thing that I'm perceptually seeing. I wouldn't be like, what is your problem? What are you doing? Like, I would be like, are you okay? Yeah. So I do that with myself. And then sometimes, like, it's almost like the inner child in me is like, oh, just, and I want to have a tantrum. But I'm like, where's that coming from? And it's nine times out of 10 because I didn't have good night's sleep.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm
1: tired. So then I'm like, okay, I recognize I'm tired. What can we do about it moving forward? And that sometimes could annoy me. (laughs) (laughs) But again, it's I'm recognizing and validating that I'm frustrated. And yes, people walk slowly.
0: Oh, God. To the train. Because they're looking at their phone while they're walking. They're looking at their phone going downstairs and upstairs, which is me because knowing myself I would trip but to- I
1: sometimes do that though everything that I get triggered about with other yeah, people I know I sometimes do it and they could have just received a text that is like the best news of their day
0: or something very they need to get in touch with something to yeah. because serious happened. so we don't know or
1: it's not that serious but again it's not that serious to violence
0: yeah to that person it's but serious what About the person who's reading a physical book When you're walking down the sidewalk, in front, you reading. I've not seen someone reading an actual book on the train. Yeah, but not on the actual. When you say the pavement, the pavement. Yes, like reading a book, a novel. They're reading a novel as they're walking down this and I'm like, aren't you afraid you're going to step in dog shit? (laughs) Like,
1: like I've tried. I I would get like a bit sick doing that. Like I would. To books. be able to have yeah. To, yeah, the motion sickness.
0: There are people. And it's interesting because it's not throughout the city. It's only in certain neighborhoods that I've seen. Now that I'm thinking about it, certain neighborhoods, I see people reading books and walking. I'm, I get. So if I, I probably it. Like, move out the way. <laughs> I
1: know. Um, but then I would go, okay, that must be a pretty good book.
0: The fact that you're moving. <laughs> i'm walking through new york stepping in dog poop or i would be on an uneven sidewalk it's It's got to be a good book tell me about it sometimes it is a good book though you really just gotta read it like you cannot wait you get you're like i'm so close i gotta find out what happens and i got work so i better just like try to walk and read it
1: yeah and new york (laughs) is like that though you can get days where you're just triggered yeah relentlessly and it's like it's I had to find a way to bring myself back to
0: I'm living the best life ever. You know what? I think that (laughs) it is. Yeah. I mean, whatever, where, I mean, I'm not just saying in New York city, but wherever you are, you can be living your best life if you choose that you are living your best life. And I think that when we get caught up in this, and this is what I'm saying, like, I've noticed that this kind of judgment or getting triggered or getting frustrated impacts my day and it impacts my life. And I, I consistently try to talk myself through this and I don't think there's a way to ever fully get rid of it. It's really like, yeah, I don't, yeah. I just can't see myself walking down the sidewalks in New York. I mean, I guess I did it in the very beginning when I moved here. I remember being like so happy. Yeah. I was in the movies. Live in New York city. And I'm listening. Yeah. do, 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 do. I'm on my way to work you know but I loved it. it was very nice but and I think I was more accepting then because you know you're right I think I was more accepting then because I was just so excited to be here so if someone was crazy or weird or whatever I wanted it didn't see- matter
1: you're in New York City
0: yeah there was and I, that's the view that we can choose to take we have to step back into that view
1: mm-hmm so when typically when I'm triggered like that I know I, and I get frustrated with myself because I don't I'm like I don't want to meditate now I just want to be
0: annoyed. Um, you don't, but you know what I think it's really important to feel what you feel. Not yeah, not gaslight yourself to be like Yeah, exactly. No, be be happy. No. Because that is a problem with like a lot of um A lot of, I don't know, a a lot of like common thinking, you know, over these types of things. Like, we need to be spiritual. We need to not be that way. We need you can invalidate yourself quickly. You can, you can like, you can't be dismissive with what you feel because with what you feel is getting to deeper issues. Like, it allows you to go deep with that. If you have to feel through it, you can get into it and maybe discover something. About what- yeah of
1: where it's coming from
0: yeah but and that's what is really going on here yeah oh.
1: exactly but sometimes you can't do that if you're on your way to somewhere you're just getting triggered and wound up and it's like okay we need to move through this what can we do now to shift our energy but i'm not invalidating it but if you if i don't acknowledge that i'm really frustrated clearly about something mm-hmm. how do i help myself move through it and acknowledge that there's something subconsciously? triggering me. Um, or I could just be really annoyed at the person that was in my way and the discernment to pick which one and go, okay, that's fine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. I, mean, I, I also, sometimes I, you know, I've been, okay. So Jerry's a New Yorker, my husband, he like many native New Yorkers, they are just like quick to like, say whatever they think and then it's done. And I did not grow, I grew up in the Midwest. We don't do that. We don't say what we think to someone. We're like, oh, how could they do that? You know? But then we would never be like, why are you doing this? You know? And, and he grew up in New York, like in the eighties and the nineties. And it was like, they, he was, he speaks his mind. Like he will say, get out of my face, you know, or can you move? You know, he'll say things like that. And honestly, I don't really think that I think that there's something to learn about that, like to learn with that, because most of the time when I get annoyed, it's when I feel offended by something that someone has done and I don't speak up Mm. because I'm so used to quieting myself and I label it as I'm being spiritual. I need to take the higher path Mm. for this when in reality, maybe I just need to say stuff. And maybe if I said more things, I would speak up more for myself in my life.
1: Yeah. Do you trust yourself in
0: that moment to say what you want to say? I think if I said something, I'd be like, can you, can you move over? (laughs) You know, it's like, instead of, of just saying something like that to a stranger, I would probably just not say anything and I would move over. You know, it's like,
1: but you hold that within.
0: Yeah. And I think sometimes where the bitterness comes from for me is, is um, holding things in like walking down the street. I mean, it's always the same things walking down the street, you know, you are walking and this other person is walking and you're kind of at the edge of the sidewalk. So you really can't move over anymore. But this other person has so much of the sidewalk left, yet they still want to run right into you, like bump on your shoulder, you know? Sometimes it hurts. Like sometimes it actually is kind of a, a rude bump. It's almost like people want to run into you. And um have you ever had that happen? Yeah. So it's like things like that happen and I will try to avoid it. I'll move. Like I'm always moving, you know, I don't want someone to run into me. I move out of the way. I don't want to, you know, I'm trying to like, I'm behind the person going up the stairs from the subway, looking at their phone, you know, and I, I want to get to work on time. I'd like to, but they're like, you know, it's just like many moments of that kind of thing. And it creates a stress within me. And it would feel really good to say, can you get off the phone and just walk up the stairs? Like, sometimes I think, what would it be like if I just said things like that? What do you think it would be like? Just liberating. People might think I'm a bitch. And I think I don't want to be looked at like that.
1: How would you say it where people may not think you're a bitch?
0: I don't, I think they Think if they thought that they would think it no matter how I said it. Really? I think people would respond to it either, oh yeah, sorry, or mm. fuck you. You know, they're whatever. They're gonna either think I am or not. I can't control what they think. Yeah. The point is I think I control what they think.
1: By not saying anything.
0: By not no, I think I can control what they think if I think I can say it in a nice way. Or if I could say it in a certain way, so it doesn't kind of come across rude, but then I come across as like wishy-washy and people don't like that anyway. And then, or I just don't say anything. And then I just feel like this little bubble of like, yeah. like the red face emoji.
1: Yeah. A frustration just building yeah. up.
0: Yeah. But then I get out and I'm done with it. So it's like, do I just feel that bad feeling? Do I just let go and just not care? Or do I, uh, do I say something?
1: try it tomorrow I'm sure you'll have an opportunity
0: (laughs) (laughs) that would actually be that would be hilarious if I did I can just imagine I think that I think that's the kind of stuff that Jerry does (laughs) yeah I mean it'll be interesting
1: to see what you're naturally wanting to say because well, the blocking will block like your throat chakra a little bit. Like you're blocking speaking your truth. Yes. And how can you ask someone to politely move? It Sometimes it doesn't have to be like, please, please move out the way. Like you can use uh, a bit of With your English accent. <laughs> please, sir. <laughs> yeah. Please move aside. Please move um, so. <laughs> I was saying, excuse me. And like, there's a way to move through mm. it.
0: I mean, um, we'll see, you know, the funny thing is I, I spoke to Jerry about this and I said, you don't have a problem at all with like, you don't ever worry about what people think about you, do you? And he's like, I don't care what people think about me. It's like, why would I care about what people think about me? I know what I think about me and I care about yeah. what they think about me. And I'm like,
1: wow. <laughs> but
0: you care about what people think. Do I care about what people think? listen, it is in my DNA. It's like in my blood. I was programmed to think this way. This is a lifelong endeavor to not care about what people think. I have cared about what people think ever since I was a small child when I thought I was being annoying. Yes. But what about today? Today? I I care to a point. I mean, I don't don't disrespect myself because I'm trying to please people. But yeah, I hear that there's a more of a
1: mindfulness to it
0: yeah i don't yeah. i choose not to be a rude mean person like i that's a yeah. it's very easy to be especially in this city there's triggers all around i could be just like ah, blah, blah, you know i could just do whatever and not care what people think but i i care what i think about myself I, yes you know and i just choose i don't want to be that kind of person Yeah. I don't want to be the kind of person who is rude to people, but at the same time, it's like, I'm conflicted because I I've got to find a balance there. It's like, I don't want to be rude to people because I don't want to be a person that's disrespectful of another human being, but at the same time, and is that disrespect if I say, can you get off your phone and just walk up the stairs? (laughs) I don't know. But I also, um, I also, feel conflicted because I want to say what I feel in certain instances yeah you know I think it's just like a self-edit or something so yeah I mean I do care about certain things but it's how to find the balance of
1: when not to disrespect another but if you're equal you have to equally not disrespect yourself right and what is that balance of like, I know we're using the subway as an example, but it's also the same in most scenarios of respecting your, others, respecting yourself. Like there has to be a balance. And if you're out of balance, then one or the other is, and it's usually yourself then.
0: But, you know, it's interesting though, Sarah, because like for myself personally at work, I don't have a problem speaking like my truth at work. I feel secure enough to do that. I think that I've been doing it long enough now that they know that if that's who people, you are yeah that's who I am so it's um, literally just the people on the subway strangers total strangers who really don't even matter to be honest but I don't know what it is <laughs> yeah
1: I mean you also have to be mindful of you're in New York there is a mindfulness to
0: that there is because you don't know this person or what they may do if you do something I mean we've seen it like, yeah. it's all the time now one of my first experiences I think it was the first
1: I can't remember maybe the first year school, that I was walking down the street and someone clapped at me to move out the way in front of my <laughs> I was like how interesting oh my god <laughs> but I was so confused by the etiquette I'd be like wait what is going on <laughs> what <laughs> I was like huh that was so interesting but that I, that, I can imagine at that point maybe had wow. said get off your phone and, and now it's just resorted to clapping uh, <laughs> but it was effective
0: oh my god I love that get yeah. out of the way <laughs> <laughs> I've never had that before. That's great. Yeah.
1: I think I, yeah. Maybe I was the slow walker.
0: <laughs> Wait, did, okay, I have to have this in context. Were they in walking towards you?
1: They were walking towards me.
0: They were walking towards you. They were and-
1: walking towards me and just straight up looked in my face, clapped. But at the time, oh, you I was
0: walking face to face, like walking, mm-hmm. you would run into each other, but they clapped in your face to like get you to move over.
1: Yeah, (laughs) move. And I was like, okay, how interesting. At the time, I was like, oh, good, is this how New Yorkers say to move? (laughs) (laughs) I'm coming from the UK. We're like, sorry, excuse me, sorry, could you, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm sorry, am I in your way? Sorry, sorry. Yes. And then I'm like, oh, wow, they really tell you to move aggressively. That's but amazing.
0: it was effective
1: <laughs> you have to fill me in on how it goes tomorrow yes I will the universe have- always sends us a test
0: <laughs> yes it does yes it does um I feel like New York is a constant test though I feel like I'm in like the spiritual Olympics here yeah do you ever feel that way yeah I think it's just because we're around so many people
1: Exactly. and I think the first the first few like when I was struggling a little bit, not a little bit, actually quite a lot, like the le- it was so much energy. yeah, so it's a lot to absorb and I need a lot of time to recharge now. Yeah, I don't know uh, if I need if I'd need that much time outside of New York, but I need a lot of time to recharge and yeah. then to go out into the world of to your point, like it's a journey to go on the subway. It is. Uh, it's just now after a while you navigate it and you figure it out, but it's a lot of people. It's a lot of energy. It's just busy.
0: It's just always busy. It is a. It is a lot of people. It is a lot of energy, which is great energy if you want to create something here. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just like that energy you can just latch right onto, and so I think that's why so many people come here because of that energy. But it can be, I mean, I agree with you. I definitely have to, it's like to be here, you you, you have to put on the extrovert suit when you're out, like in the city, Yeah. you know?
1: Yeah, and I feel like I have almost like this bubble. I live in my own bubble. Oh, totally. Which is like, um, I'll just like, as if I'd have loved, I used to do this meditation a lot and I go back to it when I feel a little bit out of my alignment of, you know, the thought of going on the subway triggers me to not feel good. So yeah. I'm like, okay, let's let's do it as if it's the first time. Let's go to a different station. Let's get off at a different station and walk around the streets as if it's the first time because I was fascinated by every street.
0: Me too. I the last few to- years. I love to walk. Uh, think- and it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Unless someone's reading a book in front of me. <laughs> But that only happens, like, i that's really only happened in, like, the West Village, I feel like, and maybe once or twice in the East Village. It's a village thing. It's not an uptown.
1: See, this is the type of, um, you know, what just came to my mind wow. that when we go out, I'm going to bring a book and
0: <laughs> in front of you. <laughs> so that's what
1: I mean about annoying. i be like, practice. Practice no, telling be, me.
0: That would be funny to me. That would not that- be
1: Yeah. Yeah, See, that's what immediately went through my head. I was like, that would be
0: hilarious. I would find that hilarious. (laughs) I'd bring like my huge book. (laughs) And I would kind of like steer you over right into dog crap.
1: Lesson learned. (laughs) So funny.
0: (laughs) Well, I love it. I think this is a great place to kind of end the podcast and yeah, it's been amazing. Yeah, it's been great. I'm so happy to have you here joining me on this, like being my co-host. I love it. And, uh, and we'll keep it going. Yeah. I, 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 we are going to start interviewing other people, which I think will be really fun to have the two of us asking questions and just kind of having like, not a round table, but a triangle of conversation exactly. i think that will be really fun and uh and i really want to explore like out there topics and like relatable topics and just kind of like go all all over the place and just see what happens yeah i love it i think that will be fun way to explore and then Amen. and then it's Sarah's first time here so i always end the podcast with sending you so much love from new york city like that so will you do the kiss with me we could say it together or we can
1: yes of course so sending you so much love from new york new york city mm-hmm. new york city okay
0: Wait, do i say sending you so much love from new york that's all i say
1: new york okay what are this... we saying it together
0: or are we doing i don't this? know is it weird <laughs> if we say it together is it too much like something a 12 year old would do <laughs> let's try it now i'm
1: curious just okay. to try it and okay. then if it
0: doesn't work we will okay i'll I'll do it like this so no one can see it one two like that
1: sending you so much love from new york (laughs) okay (laughs) you maybe sound like the echo in the background. oh
0: (laughs) i love it i think that we'll we'll keep working with that we'll keep working yeah yeah but i really like i like that i like that all right so on that note, bye. Bye-bye. Okay. So now, yeah, we're done. We're still recording, but oh. yeah, this is not the podcast because we need to have an intro. But we, the conversation was so good. So I didn't want to stop the conversation and be like, oh, by the way, da-da-da. You
1: know?
0: <laughs> oh, by the way, I think you should have <laughs> just went, oh, by
1: the way, we're stopping this now. <laughs> and we're I doing I have... introductions. Introduction, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you should put that voice on when you tell people to move out of the way. When well, you move out of the way with your book.
0: Can you imagine if I was like going up the stairs? I'd be like, excuse me, can you Do
1: do it i'm telling you i think i'd crack myself up and they'd be like what the hell sound like, excuse me can you please move that's the way you do your face i know i'm very expressive with my face i know i can tap on the picture your confused face
0: <laughs> That is my confused face. Oh, that's epic. That's why I would never be good as a celebrity because my papara- the paparazzi, would get me like making all the weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're like, why are you taking a picture? <laughs> all right. Okay.